The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. Your host is Chad Austin. There's no time to get yourself into shape. Like right now, you'll learn how to overcome the day-to-day excuses and start working on the rest of your life. The results will come as you go and will just keep getting better and better. Now, here's your host and motivator, Chad Austin. What's up, everybody? I'm Chad Austin. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. The 2014 NCAA Men's National Championship game is tonight. And it'll be the most unlikely matchup in tournament history. Out of the millions of people who filled out brackets this year, only 486 picked the correct final matchup. John Calipari and Kevin Ollie have guided their teams through a field full of the nation's best 68 teams and now to face off the, of the top two teams in the national title. Tonight's matchup features a 7th seed UConn versus the 8th seed Kentucky. Since 1985, at least a number two, one, a, a one seed, a two seed, or a three seed has been in every single final. Before this year, the highest combined total of seeds in a final was 11, which was in 2011 when it was UConn, who was a three seed, and Butler, who surprised everybody, was an eight seed. Neither one of these two teams this year were even playing in the tournament last season. Kentucky was playing in the NIT and UConn was on a season ban for academic probation. Brackets were already busted headed into Saturday's Final Four game, but when UConn upset Florida, it finished most of all the brackets off. 50% of people had Florida in the finals, and about 37% of them had them winning the whole thing. And so now we're left with number 7 UConn and number 8 Kentucky. If you're one of the 486 people who correctly picked the final, then you should take a bow. Because that's a, there's a very rare, very small percentage of people who got it right. When the champion is crowned tonight, no more than 0.7% of Yahoo Sports users will pick the correct winner. So here's some stats I found to make this even more impressive. Listen to these stats I found. To, to make the final, 1.4% picked Kentucky. Only 1.4% picked Kentucky to make it to the finals. 0.3% picked UConn. To win the tournament... 0.7% picked Kentucky, while only 0.2% picked UConn. Obviously, not a lot of people believe that these two teams could make it this far, but definitely they believe they can do it. They both had had to overcome a lot of obstacles and go through a lot of adversity to make it to the final. Kentucky was the preseason number one ranked team, due in large part because they had such a huge recruiting class, as supposed to be the best freshman class in history. Had six players who were suspected to be playing for one year and then going to the NBA after this year. But they struggled early on, had a tough time learning how to play together, and they lost over 10 games and were not even in the top 25 of the nation's poll for most of the year. But through perseverance, they very slowly started to figure it all out, how to play each other, and they figured it out at the right time. In the tournament, they were placed in the toughest part of the bracket, 
they first had in the first weekend, just their second game, they had to face Wichita State, who hadn't lost a game all year, been the only team ever to make it to win that many games in thirty five games in a row. And they got by them. Then they had to face last year's champion in Louisville, who had been in a hot streak going into the tournament. Then they had to face Michigan, who was also a Final Four team last year, and then most recently beat Wisconsin, who was number two seed, and it just beat out Arizona, who was a one seed in the tournament too, and the second seed overall. They made it past all all these teams with second half comebacks and several buzzer beating shots. They're the only team ever to make it through the final by beating three of the previous year's Final Four teams from year before. UConn was not even in the tournament last year because of academic probation, and their head coach, Kevin Ollie, hasn't been with the team for very long at all. He's replaced the, other co- the legendary coach. To get to the final, UConn had to beat the number one overall seed in Florida, which is a team that 50% of the people, according to Yahoo attorney Pickums, 50% of people had them to make the final, 37% had them to win the whole thing. So if you want to figure out these two teams' secrets, how'd they pull this off when no one, everyone had written them off, no one thought that they even had a chance? If you want to figure out their secret, you should pay attention to UConn star player Shabazz Napier. After UConn won and beat Florida, Shabazz Napier looked up toward Connecticut's fans in the crowd at AT&T Stadium and held up one finger. And so most people would probably think, so they they probably just they just beat number one Florida. So that's what that means. But that's not what it meant at all. He was pointing up one finger because he was saying he was one more to go. The first team All American was already planning on them winning the whole thing. And some quotes from him after the game: "We've been in a lot of dogfights this year. We're just ex- just a really experienced group. We believe in each other and continue to believe in each other. We are going to win. That's all there is to it." So that confidence that he has, obviously, obviously they believe in themselves. So I think what we should learn from these two teams is that it really doesn't matter what everyone else thinks about your chances or if the, everyone else believes you can do something. The only thing that really matters is whether you think you can do it or not, your team thinks you can do it or not. So it was a very inspiring story this year, so I can't wait to, tonight to see who wins. It's hard not to be pulling for both teams after what they've overcome think that or the March Madness Fitness Challenge that me and Dr. Baltuska, who's been on my show a few times, has done, uh, this is about to come to an end. So thank you guys for participating in it. It's been a lot of fun putting this together. And so, again, this March Madness Fitness Challenge is to keep fitness a priority during the tournament. I, we got a lot of great feedback from you guys who have uh, liked uh, seeing our posts that we put every day, with our, whether it be our workouts or an inspirational post or our newsletters. And so... Uh, uh, I appreciate you giving us such good feedback during it while we're sending stuff out. We've had a lot of fun putting it together, and we have a lot of great ideas of how we can make it even better for next year. Uh, but if you have any feedback for us that you have, and you haven't had a chance to send it to us yet, give it to us. We plan on doing this every year, and so your feedback will just help us make it even better next year. We still have a few posts left to make. We'll have a couple posts left. Be watching for later on today for the Champion Challenge. That'll be on later today. And our, one of our most recent videos that was posted, Dr. Balthuska posted a really cool video about emotional freedom ta- freedom tapping, or EFT is called. It's a very popular and well-researched, well-proven strategy that works to help get rid of, of negative thoughts in your body. 
and this video I posted on my Facebook page this morning. So if you go to the right-hand side of my Be Fit for Life page, there's links to all my social media. But the one that says Shadows and Fitness at Facebook, click on that. And it's the second or third uh, post down from the bottom on my timeline. But it's Kelly's video of emotional freedom tapping technique. But you'll definitely want to look at it. It's really great. Uh, it's a it's very good how-to video of how to use the emotional freedom tapping technique. See, I believe in a tournament like this, especially the March Madness tournament or many tournaments, there's probably 10 to 15 teams who are good enough to win the whole thing. And it's going to come down to who, ha who, has what it, who has what it takes mentally to win it. So to paraphrase the great Yogi Berra, athletics are 90% mental and the other half is physical. So you have to pay close attention to, to the, the mental half. Joining me on the show later today is Lori Yokel. Lori is a story editor for the Platform Magazine. She's a motivational speaker, a sponsored runner, and is currently preparing for her first figure competition. The Platform Magazine is a very inspiring magazine. I had the CEO from Platform Magazine on earlier in the year. It is the platform where inspiration comes from. So these are full of really inspiring stories that you may not hear anywhere else. And so it's some of the best stories that you've never heard. Well, it's a great way to start the day or just to find some inspiration to go to the platformmagazine.com. The magazine provides inspirational and educational stories from all over the world. So Lori, my guest today, is not just a story editor, but her story was also featured in the May issue. On, and I'm going to share just a little bit of that with you today. I posted it on Facebook, actually. So if you go back where you were just at and the one right above Kelly's, you can see her post. I had a couple posts I posted of her today, but Lori has a very inspiring story like uh, where she's faced a lot of adversity and had to overcome a lot of loss and tragic and tragedy, and she's always come back stronger, and that's something that everyone needs to learn how to do. But I'm just going to read to you a couple pieces from her article here in the story. Let me pull it up here. Okay, it's a great story that I put on there from her, the May 13th issue of the Platform Magazine, but you'll want to take a look at it. I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs from the story. The life that I was leading was the most amazing gift that I had been granted, and I was the happiest I've ever been in my life. All the while gaining confidence and trust in the community, I was employed by a very respectful company. I was also gaining grounds learning how to facilitate and organize larger functions through volunteering. I had also met the man of my dreams, and we married. Then shortly thereafter, we had two beautiful children and also owned our home, becoming part of a community for our family. This is where I began to break. I was taught that you were supposed to take care of your family and hold them together while I was growing up. What I forgot to apply to this part of my life was to put myself at the top of that list and continue to work on myself and grow as a human, maintaining my recovery and enjoying life. It's a great story. You can tell from that paragraph. It's a great story about overcoming tragedy and persevering through tough times. The last paragraph, I really liked the way she worded this. Life, live life on life's terms is not easy. But with, the, but with the footwork, faith, and love, it's all more than worth it. Life is a journey that I'm enjoying through the small hills and, and bumps that are thrown my way. Faith without work is dead. 
The only step I need to focus on is the first one. I don't need to see the entire staircase. I don't don't need to see the entire staircase. So it's a very inspiring article. I suggest you read it. And there's other articles you can look at the Platform Magazine as well. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll introduce my guest for today, Lori Yokel. And we'll be back on BFIT for Life in just a second. Stay tuned. on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you have cancer, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. While many medical professionals can give us some of the answers, there are many more unanswered questions that can't always be answered to our satisfaction. Listen for Cancer Concepts and Compliments with Dr. James Belanger. We'll discuss the tests, the compromised immune system, how cancer grows, and what natural medicines could be added to conventional therapies that may help keep it at bay. Cancer Concepts and Compliments airs live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. That's chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. Now, back to Be Fit for Life. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Chad Austin. You're listening to Be Fit for Life. Joining me on the show today is Lori Yokel. Lori is a story editor for the platform magazine. Magazine. She's a motivational speaker, a sponsored runner, and a fitness competitor. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm, this is the perfect show for you to be on. I've been looking forward to having our interview. We had to set up a, a few a while back, but I knew that I was going to be talking about uh, overcoming obstacles and uh, beating the odds today because we've been doing this March Madness campaign. And so that with the two teams. I mentioned earlier being there, and no one thought they could do it, but it just uh, it seemed like a perfect uh, show for you to be on because it's going to be talking all about overcoming odds and uh, overcoming through adversity. And so I, I know uh, uh, some people have already read your story that have been to my site already, um, but for for the people who don't don't know your story, aren't familiar with your story yet, could you just tell us a little bit uh, about some of the things that you had to overcome to get where you are today? 
Well, in order to get to where I am today, the, my latest and greatest stories or trials and tribulations would have been uh, the ones that I really touched base on is have occurred in 2008. And at that time, I was around, I'd say about 200 pounds at the beginning of 2008. I currently weigh 145 pounds, and I've dropped over 70 pounds of fat. And as you kind of introduced me in the beginning, where I'm um, working on competition for figure. So I'm constantly dropping body fat right now. But through 2008 is where that all began. And when it, what actually occurred was we, uh, my ex-husband and I had, we conceived our third child and we were hoping that would fix everything in our lives. And to my surprise, that was not the answer. And then we ended up having to claim bankruptcy and through the bankruptcy, we ended up actually having to claim foreclosure, which we were hoping to not have to do. But at that time, it was that's when the housing market was crashing. And so the banks would not work with us. And then we ended up, um, I would say, near the end of May and towards the beginning of June, I realized that my outsides were not equal to my insides, nor were my insides well at all at that time either. And I was trying to work on my 13th year of sobriety from alcohol and drugs. And so in order to maintain everything that was going on around me and also my personal beings on the outside, what I ended up doing was I called a personal trainer instead of joining a gym. And then we ended up actually losing our third child. And so when I called that personal trainer, in May of 2008, I was at 197 pounds. And she worked with me through my home and helped me drop my first 50 pounds of fat. And then by the end of June of 2008, my ex-husband decided that he didn't want to work on the marriage any longer, which we were, our marriage was in turmoil, complete turmoil. And so he ended up walking away from the marriage. And so I became a single mother. And through that, in order to maintain my sanity and my sobriety and for my children, I just really got into fitness. And so ever since May of 2008, I've been working out six days a week and I had gained the sponsorship of running like you shared. And now I'm working with my third trainer and for the bodybuilding competition. Awesome. So I can really appreciate being a personal trainer and being into fitness and passionate about it like I am, I can really appreciate how you 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 kind of drawn towards that as as kind of your emotional release more than anything else. But you know, I, I've been wanting to tell you, you are one of my favorite Facebook friends because every time I, <laughs> so many times during the day, it's always so many positive, uplifting comments always, and I can tell by the people that you're friends with, you are a very positive, uplifting person, and and you just. You must be just such a joy to be around. Like, is that something that you've learned over time to just to have that kind of attitude? Or how how can someone that has been through so much and had so many tragic tragic that they've had to overcome be that way? How can you how can you have that such a positive outlook on everything always? Well, when I first got into recovery back in 1995, I um, I kind of have to choke on that a little bit. It seems it seems so long ago. Uh, back when I got into recovery, you know, life really, I really did not know how to live life on life's terms. In all honesty, I was not taught how to live life on life's terms. 
the appropriate, correct social way. And so when I came into the fellowship, I ended up having to either, they, they gave me a choice. They said, either you have to change everything or this isn't going to work. And so they taught me to hang out with what we call the winners. And the winners were people that walked the walk, not just talked the talk. Like when you, when you would meet somebody that walked the walk, you really were attracted to them. You wanted what they had. And pretty much those are the people that I tucked myself into their back pockets. And they taught me how to maintain an attitude of gratitude. That's what I call it. I have an attitude of gratitude. I wake up every morning, not always grateful, but when I wake up, I make sure that I, that I check my gratitude list. And that's how I start my day off today. And it was, it was a learned asset. It's not something that, that I was, that was built in by any means, but today I only know to turn things around in order to continue to live. Because if I don't turn it around, I get in my head and then it just doesn't work for me. And you are right. The way that you shared about my my Facebook is exactly what I do in my life. I surround myself with positive, uplifting people. It's the only way to live the life that I live. And for my children, it's very important. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, and I, I completely... Uh, agree with that. Um, I am a big believer in uh, one of my favorite books is The Secret. And so I, I can tell by some of the wordage there you've that you're a fan of that book too. But um, with my clients and everything, that's one thing that uh, there's a, a certain point where you have to learn if you're going to be successful and you're going to, if you're going to lose weight or you're going to reach your fitness goals, you can't be surrounded by people who aren't supportive or negative. If they don't believe in you, then you can't, you, you, if you're going to be successful, then you have to, you really just have to, you don't really have to defriend people, but you have to stay away from negative people and surround yourself with positive people. And so I, I definitely, I think that's a, a, that's probably one of the toughest lessons that some people have to learn in order to be successful. And so, but I definitely respect that. And that the attitude of gratitude is definitely something that, uh, um, I try to teach, and I learned myself as a, as a growing uh, independent business owner and everything, but uh, to teach my clients as, as they learn how to make lifestyle changes and get success too. If you're not happy about what you have, then you can't expect to get more good things. That's just the way it is. Yep. Uh, for you, um, I know uh, one, another thing I teach my clients is that in order to be success, in order to make lifestyle changes, I mean, for fitness, and it's, let's face it, being fit is not easy. No, I mean, if it was, if it was easy to make fitness a priority in your life, then we'd have no overweight people. We wouldn't have the most obese, we wouldn't be living in the most obese country in the world. Everyone would be really good, really good shape. Right. And so, I mean, let's face it, it's just not easy. And that's one thing that I try to get people, um, glued in on at the very beginning when I work with them is they have to understand why it's important to them. You have to have a very good reason why their why is going to be your fuel to be to be successful in anything. And so yeah. what is it? What is your why? What is it that keeps you motivated? Keeps me motivated. Um, I would guess, you know, going throughout life, there's just so many things that you can look forward to. And I think through the losses that I've had in my life, there's been so many different things that I've been awakened to. So I'm able to see so many 
aspiring things that I really want to do or be. And I can honestly tell you that I'm not always motivated. And so it's really quite simple for me on certain days are my children. You know, there's days when I don't want to get up. There's days when I don't want to go to the gym or there's days that I don't want to continue eating like I have to eat for the bodybuilding competition. But then I start thinking about, okay, I signed up for this goal and my children are there. They're watching me. They constantly are watching me. And I'm a big believer that kids do as we do, not say as we, not do as we say. And mm-hmm. so with that, they motivate, they keep me very motivated. And they have actually, um, since everything's pretty much, since everything crashed in 2008, my children have been my main motivators. And the reason why they're such big motivators for me is because when I was growing up, I didn't have, I didn't have that. I didn't have anybody that loved me enough to, to care to show me a, a healthy way of life. We were always put to the side or um, we we were supposed to make do on our own. I was an adult as soon as I was 11 years old. And so I'm trying to give my children a different chance that I didn't have. And so today I'm really grateful that I went through all this crap when I was a kid so that I'm able to turn it around for my children and be a great parent and role model. And that all actually came from the beginning of recovery as well. I I honestly didn't know how to do this and or how to achieve goals unless it was for, shall we say, mentors that I had uh, when I was in my early 20s. And people, those people showed me that anything is possible. And so I continuously, I continuously think of my children. And when I, when I'm, when it's not my children, then I look to people that inspire me, such as Mother Teresa is a huge inspiration for me, or my favorite. And when I was a kid, they, this is the question that's always thrown at us is, what would you like to be when you grow up? And my answer was always Martin Luther King Jr. And people would laugh at me and my mom, even my own mother, she laughed at me and, and that it was ridiculous. But Martin Luther King Jr. believed in himself. And he believed in, in, he had a belief and he went completely after it. And so it's people such as that, Rosa Parks, people that made history, but they didn't just make history. They made history through what they believed in. And like, I love how you shared at the beginning of the show about the two basketball teams. That's awesome because they, you know, they, they believe them in themselves and each other. And that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I completely agree. I, I love everything you just said there, but I, I, I think probably for you said mission mother Teresa and some of the others and you, you and you kind of hesitated to say that but I my, I think mine's probably Rocky and so I mean I think it's some of the sports movies and stuff I grew up with but all of them just having that theme that you know that why not them you know that that everyone just because no one else thinks you can do it doesn't mean you can do it and so that's one thing that just having that knowing that reason why and know learning how to be able to vision be able to see it happening yourself i think is uh is is very important um one thing i've been wanting to on your your facebook page and everything you post now it's always so inspiring to see all the the pictures of your before and after pictures and the pictures that you'll have of the bodybuilding now of your of your progress i love it when people are getting ready for their first show and they show all those things it's so inspiring to see uh to see the results and how and how much how far they're coming um but when did that happen where you just kind of all it seemed like all of a sudden reading your story uh, and this recently in a few years a few years you 
just kind of became a fitness fanatic. And so you went from someone that wasn't fitness wasn't as big a deal in your life, but now it seems to be a very big deal in your life. And so what, what do you think inspired that change? Well, I can say back in 08 is when it really kicked in. In 08 is when I really applied it to my life. You know, we have so many different things that we go through in life. And I don't know if all of us know how to handle them. For myself, I don't know how to handle the stresses and the pressures and and some of the feelings that come along with all of that. And so I, I that's how I would take things, shall we say, take things out or how I would handle the relieve the pressures and the stresses of life would be at one time it was running, you know, and I really, really got into running. And then once I hit the gym and I started being able to work on my physique, now it's, it's so much more internalized that now it begins actually in the kitchen. Not so much only is it in the gym, you know, it's, it is now a complete lifestyle. It's from the time I get up to the time I go to bed, it's, constantly either nutrition or fitness and and I'm, I'm not really quite sure what turned it I, I just think it I just integrated it into my life and I did that you know I it's important for me to integrate stuff into my life as a lifestyle I know that you were sharing about how you teach your clients you know different things that you teach them and one of the things that I always share with everybody is how important it is if you're going to want to change your life whether you want to lose a little bit of weight or a lot of weight or you have a, a certain goal you want to achieve, it has to be part of your lifestyle. It can't be a quick fix or a 30-day deal. For me, it's been I've done this for years, and that's what makes it important to me. It's now a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I've had uh, several people on the show that uh, I, you, you tend when you become a, a show host like this and, and you – look for people to be on your show you just tend to gravitate towards people that are really like yourself and so i mean it seems like most of the people i have on my show are really passionate about fitness and really have really have the same kind of personality and the same kind of vision with with things as i do but i kind of the same kind of thing it's it's awesome to see some of my clients when they finally do get it and they understand that it's a lifestyle change that they have to make and it's not a quick fix anymore because there's it's and it's hard as a trainer that is hard to overcome because you know, you could flip through the channels at any time during the day and find, you know, in no time, find three or four different quick fix solutions that'll be out there for you just to go and get. And so, I mean, it, it's really kind of hard to overcome where we are these days. But I know your trainer has to be proud of the lifestyle change you've made. And so, I, speaking of which, I know you, you have a personal trainer now. Uh, tell me a little bit about that process and how you went from uh, when you started this fitness journey and hired a trainer and got started with him. When I began my fitness journey in 2008, I actually looked up a, a, a lady that was, it was, it was funny, ironic. I'm not really quite sure. I went to a, a chiropractor and cause I had migraines and my chiropractor had a, you know, she, her name was is Sherry Sonnenberg and fitness for life is her business. And she ended up advertising at this office. And so I, the chiropractor that I went to, he said, you know, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to start looking into some, you know, fitness things and so on and so forth. Why don't you look up Sherry? And I took his advice. I looked Sherry up and thank goodness, because she was such a godsend. And again, she's the one that helped me to drop my first 50 pounds. And then, well, with Sherry, she she was never interested in bodybuilding or taking that route. That was not her venue. 
And so I ended up working with Sherry through um, those first 50 pounds of loss, as well as getting into the running. And then I ended up with a a good friend of mine, Valerie Willis at the, at the Rochester Y. And she, she introduced me to bodybuilding and she introduced me to the heavy weightlifting. And now I'm with a gentleman named Dave Myers and he's out of the twin cities, Eden Prairie actually. And he is a bodybuilder, um, trainer and competitor himself. And how I choose these individuals to work with is their physiques and how they hold themselves. Again, I stick with the winners. So I'm when I'm when I have a goal to achieve, I go out to achieve that specific goal. I also during my running there was I I had a running coach, shall we say? His name was Tom O'Leary. And he is actually he heads up what we have what we have in our the town I live in in Byron, Minnesota. It's called Team Red. It's a running group. And he had that up and he was an amazing coach. He got me through my first full marathon. I've done 30, I believe, 38 road races now. And he, I mean, it was amazing to have him teach me. I I had no clue what you had to learn to be a a runner. (laughs) Nonetheless, one that achieved their goals. And so I've always had somebody that was, quote unquote, a winner and or a coach that I could always go back to and ask or be advised. Wow, so you've had a you've had thirty eight road races now. I know you're a sponsored runner, but I I wasn't sure. That's one thing I I had didn't know about you before now is how much r- about your running history and everything. But you've done thirty eight yeah. races. So how many uh, uh so did did it start? I mean, were you a runner growing up, or is that something that you just kind of developed? No, to? no, no. I was not an athlete growing up at all. No, I I actually when I was growing up, but I didn't have much support in 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 things that I enjoyed from my family and I believe that that's really key to parenting for me is to be a part of my children's interests whatever they may be right but at Mm -hmm. any rate nobody I didn't have the support so I was really never into any sports as I was growing up and so in 08 when I started when I started working with Sherry um, I started running my first race was in Long Beach California it was a half marathon and I had no idea what I'd signed up for, but I signed up for it. And I took a trip out to go see one of my girlfriends and it was 38,000 runners. And after I ran that, mm-hmm. I, I also say that I found a porta potty hell. It was amazing. I mean, I just, <laughs> just the rush and endorphins and everything from it, I fell in love. And so from there I ran, I believe I've ran 17 half marathons, one full marathon. I've done Warriors Dash, Ragnar and, and other you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, 8Ks, et cetera. Um, my last race that I ran was in July of 2012, though. I've not run since. Um, and so my sponsorships are kind of dwindling. And the reason why is because now I'm focused on bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a bodybuilding maybe a, a different sponsor route for you in the future then. seems like it's going to be Correct. something yeah. uh, yeah, kind of, it just, yep. you see it yep. coming. It seems like it's going to be one show and then you're hooked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, for sure. Well, with the, with the running, that's uh, it's really cool to, to to hear that the history you go there. We just started a running group here, and that's something that uh, I I love doing the races, but I'm I'm still definitely in the development stage of my running. But the there's the chiropractor here in town that's been on my show a few times, and we started the Beef It for Life Running Club recently before, and it, it's great to see 
uh, all my clients get involved in it and my, my family and my sister and my mom have gone to a couple of them too. And even my two nephews that are eight and nine that are starting to do it too. And so it's, it's great to see everyone get involved and it does make it a lot, uh, more fun, um, being in a group, but, uh, I'm definitely building, building that myself too. So it's, it's, it's fun to hear other people that, that do that same thing. And I know, uh, when I had Dr. Judy on, that's one thing I enjoyed hearing from her is all the different races she's done and how she went from not doing it at all to building it. So listeners, if you're listening, you don't have to be a runner. You don't have to be an athlete growing up to become a runner. It's something it can just be something you teach yourself how to do. And it can be a, a great, uh, meditation, great release, a great, what great way to get your workout in. Um, so, uh, how far when, I know you're getting ready for your first show here. Um, first off, how far away are you from, from your first show? 47 days, May oh, wow. 23rd. <laughs> countdown has started 47 days. So what's, the what's been the toughest started, adjustment? Yeah. What has been the toughest adjustment for you for, uh, preparing for this? The toughest, you know, the, <laughs> As funny as this may sound, um, I think the toughest part for me is it, at one point, I honestly did not believe I could do this. I, I, had, I did not have the confidence in myself to do this. There, after you lose so much weight, you have, there's different things that you need to, that you need to work on. And so I was, I was really skeptical. And then I started working with Dave and something changed. I started working with Dave. I started um, hanging out with more competitors and I realized that this is doable. It, it, it very much is possible and I am, I can do this. And so I think that was the toughest challenge was to convince myself that I could really pull through this. And then as, and then I had to, you know, we talk about sticking with the winners and one of the things that I think people don't realize is you're going to have to change your friends. Um, it's just going to happen. You know, and, and once you change goals, if, you, if that's what you choose to do, uh, your friends change as well. And so I've had to change friends. I've had to hang on to people that believe in me, people that support me. And, and honestly, I have no time for negativity, none whatsoever. Not at this point. If I grab a hold of any negativity, I, I do believe I grew in my show. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm that, I'm that way just with, uh, just on Facebook. If I, if I, I don't, I, I don't unfriend people, people on there, but I will hide you if you do nothing but post negative stuff or complain all the time you're on there. I don't, I want my Facebook page to be like every page I like on there, every page I do everything. It has something to do with inspiration or motivation. And I want it to be a, I want it to be an, a, a resource I go to to get inspired. And so if you're someone that's complaining, I mean, and that's just on, on Facebook, of course, if it's, if I do that on Facebook, then obviously it's in real life, I do the same thing. But if you, you, you just, that is a tough lesson to learn, and that's a, something that took me a while to learn too, because I had a lot of close friends that that had that were that way. But I mean, you have to come to the point and realize that some uh, just, you have to put yourself first. And if if there if someone's not, and if you have someone in your life that's not supportive or doesn't believe in you, and then you know, then they really just don't need to be around you. And so you eventually just have to learn to put yourself first. And so that is a tough lesson yep. to learn, but I can definitely relate to that. And so I think probably most people that have uh, overcome a lot of adversity and come through a lot of tragedy. That's one lesson they probably told you that they had to learn the hard way too. Um, 
Well, Lori, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, listeners, if you have a chance, go and look at the Platform Magazine uh, May, 13, May 2013 issue that's on my Facebook page. It's about Lori. And we will be right back to hear more from our interview with Lori in, on Be Fit for Life. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be, taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. That's chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. Now, back to Be Fit for Life. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Chad Austin. We're listening to Be Fit for Life. We're here with Laura Yokel, uh, story editor for Platform Magazine and getting ready for her first fitness show. So we've been... I know, uh, along with getting ready, along with being a sponsored runner and getting ready for your first figure show and kind of making fitness a major priority in your life, you also are a motivational speaker. Is that correct? Yep. It, um, so, how long have you been doing that? Well, technically, I've been doing that for about, I would say, 12 to 15 years. But I've actually now started branching out where I'm going to work on building a business and traveling around the world to do so. Well, awesome. So I know uh, with your background and hearing your story and everything of everything you overcome, you could you could be a great motivational speaker for many different topics. Uh, but I know your passion right now is fitness. What would you say? Uh, what do you going far further? Going towards the future, what are you uh, hoping to speak about? I mean, who, what topic are you? Is it going to be more about overcoming adversity or is it going to be about lifestyle changes? I mean, you know, you have I think a, it's going to just uh, 
it's going to depend on what audience wants to hear uh, what, right? I mean, in my, from all the trials and tribulations that I've been through in life and the adversity, I believe that, you know, my, my main focus and or goal in life is really going to be to help people and to help others and inspire them, whether, you know, it's from fitness to recovery to finding themselves. It's my ultimate goal in life is to help others, period. There really isn't, there really isn't a certain venue that I want to branch off of. And of course, it's going to start, I think, with my biography, right? And share my story and, and tie off of that. But from there, I'm able to branch off different, different topics. Mm. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty broad. It's not going to be, you know, I'd like to keep it pretty broad. I've, I've worked with a lot of younger women and when I've worked with them, I've really tried to help them find themselves. And I think through all of my life experiences, I'm able to help different people in different, in different ways. Yeah, that's very awesome. And I, I can tell you from, from my standpoint, I mean, all, all of it, works perfect together. I mean, all your, your background with everything you've overcome. I mean, the teaching about overcoming obstacles and teaching about making lifestyle changes and just overcoming adversity and just changing your mindset. I mean, all that works perfect with fitness and just, I mean, I'm, I kind of have the exact same, uh, uh, passion that you do. I mean, I'm a personal trainer, but my passion is for helping people. I mean, that's something I, I remember when I went to a a wrestling camp when I was a sophomore in high school. That's one of the questions. We had a motivational speaker there that was really awesome. And when he asked us all a question, if we were to, if we were to die tomorrow, what were three adjectives or three things that we would want people to say about you? And one of them was that the one that came up really easy was that I was helpful. And so I'd, I'd always want to be someone that's uh, can, is in a position where I can help others and just fitness has just kind of became a perfect fit for me. And I and definitely fitness. I mean, with, helping people make lifestyle changes. I mean, you could even be a personal trainer in the future if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's funny. That's come up multiple times. And I, in all honesty, I don't really have any interest in being a personal trainer. And the reason why I share this with others is because my, my, um, my venue in life really is to help people find themselves. And I don't believe that there's one way to do that. I believe there's multiple different ways to do so. I personally have personal trainers, but I also have mentors that I that I work with as well. And so I don't want to do a one-off. I'd rather help people in a group setting. And also, you know, I'm, I'm considering writing a book or two about my story, so that may help set things off as well. And then I also really have a desire to, to help others find their passions in life also. I'm, uh, I'm currently considering working with, uh, I believe there's six models that I'm waiting to sign on for a contract for a talent agency and some musicians and some fashionites. And so I would really like to help others with their passions in, if, if I'm able to take that, that route. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I appreciate, I, I uh, agree with what you're saying. There's, I mean, I don't believe there's any there's no norm as far as how to become the best you you can be there. There's, I mean, really it's, it's different for everybody. And so I, I definitely agree with that. And so being a story editor at the platform magazine, it must be really easy to find inspiration every day. So what is it that inspires you? Is there, is there a person that you've got to do an article about that stands out to you? What inspires you the most about 
getting to work in that kind of a platform where to, to find all these, pa- these uh, powerful people with amazing stories. You know, that's, that's funny, Seth, that you asked me that because there's been so many people that have asked me that. Is there a specific story that you were inspired by? Are there specific stories? Uh, and, you know, in all honesty, not one of them have touched me more than the others. There's every story that I have been able to work with, edit, or ones that I've been able to recruit. I don't have a favorite. Um, well, for one, I don't believe in favorites. But for two, I don't have a favorite or a group of or even a certain subject because everybody that is featured in our magazine is so inspiring in their own ways. And it's so, I mean, there's no way to put limits on that. I, I just, I don't know how to express that. This, Dr. Judy's idea for this magazine is, was phenomenal. And I am, I am utterly blessed to be able to be a part of I, and I'm, I don't know how or why or when I was supposed to be placed in this position, but I was, and 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 for that I I will always be grateful eternally, whether or not you know. Hopefully, this magazine really takes off because the stories in it are phenomenal, and I think you know maybe it's because I have such an open mind and I'm so willing to listen to everybody's story. I believe honestly that every person on this earth has something to give. It's whether or not we're willing to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can't imagine how it'd be hard to pick a favorite because I mean what a what an awesome job to to that you have to be you know to get to hear all these inspiring stories and and uh, to put in the magazine. But I mean I can definitely tell why you're the perfect one for the job too. And so I can't I can't imagine there's any shock for for most other people that you're in the position that you are. So. Um, so we have a, a few, a little bit of time left. I just want to ask a couple more questions. But first, if if someone that was listening today and got to hear your amazing story and everything that you went through, and they wanted to reach out to you to for uh, for speaking or for anything, how could they get a hold of you? Well, I first send them to my Facebook page, which I believe you you you've been promoting on mm-hmm. your Facebook pages and social media as well. And then I also have uh, my emails out there um, that that are tied. I don't, we, maybe we can post them afterwards or during this show. So yeah, I would totally, that's, that's how I would send them, Ted, is I would send them to my Facebook or to my email, and then we'd go from there. I have, a, I have all the social medias. I have Twitter, I have Facebook, I have, I'm tied in everywhere. That's, social media is huge in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And real quickly, let me, let me share something with you. Okay. When I, when I first joined Facebook, you know, it was when MySpace and everything was, was popular, right? So everybody was kind of trying to find their ways. And I know that you had shared uh, your own personal story about who and what you follow on Facebook. You know, I get a lot of gruff from people that I post so much or that I'm always on social media or I'm always connected. And I can honestly tell you that if it were not for Facebook, if it were not for Facebook, I would not have become, one, a sponsored runner, two, any, any or even aware of the Platform Magazine or Dr. Judy, nor would I have had the amazing people that I have that surround me today in my life. It all came from Facebook, everything. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. I, and it, people put down Facebook and they put down social media, but if people were to have such 
if they were to open their minds just a little bit more and to utilize the social media in a positive way or venue, there is so much that one can grab from it. It's, it's insane. It really is insane how much positivity is in the world, but you have to go out and grab it. You can't just sit there. It's not going to land on your lap. So you have to do the work. Clean your Facebook up, work towards positivity, and share with the world what you want to be, and then amazing things happen. That's how I've gotten to where I am. Because I talk a lot. (laughs) 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 Um, Well, listeners, I will have all of Lori's information on my Facebook page uh, the rest of the week. And when when this show is available uh, to listen to again, I will have it on there, too, so you can share it with everybody. But I'll have all of her information for her Facebook page and her and platform magazine and everything else. If you want to follow her, if you have more questions from her, if she inspired you today and you just want to tell her that, uh, then go to my Facebook, go to the Facebook page and look her up. Um, Lori, for the listeners here today, just one last question I have for you. If this, we talked about a lot today. If listeners could only take away one, one thing from listening to you talk today, what would you want that to be? Believe in yourself. There's, that's it. There's just, it has nothing to do with me. There's everything to do with yourself. Just believe in yourself. There's, and if you can believe in yourself, which, in all honesty, Chad, I don't believe that I believed in myself for a long time. I still have doubts. We all do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was able to reach out and find somebody that would believe in me. And every time I found one person to believe in me, more people believed in me. And then it grew and grew and grew. And then internally, I became confident, courageous, strong, and I'm, I am, I'm not, well, I don't want to say I'm fearless, but today I'm able to take many risks knowing that everything's going to be okay. I woke up today, I have a reason to be here. So all I have, that would be it, is for each of every one of you to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And as a trainer, that's something I can definitely relate to. And most people, when they come to a personal trainer, I mean, the majority of people i would say this is the this is the truth about training that most people when they come to you they've tried and failed several times on their own first and that's why they're coming to you and so there's a big part of them that doesn't believe they can do it and so that that mental aspect of getting you getting you to believe in yourself and getting to you to be able to see it because if you can't see it happening it's not going to happen if you i mean if you can't see that it's going to happen it's not going to happen but listeners i just wanted to would want to end one more time with the quote from UConn, UConn, who remember, who's playing in the championship finals tonight, and only 0.2% of the world, of the millions and millions of people who filled out brackets and, and stuff that do that every year, 0.2% of the world thought they had a chance, any chance at all, to be in the finals. And, and they shocked everyone because they believed in themselves. And their standout guard, uh, Shabazz Napier, after they beat the number one seed in the tournament, he said, we have been in a lot of dogfights, we are just an experienced group. We believe in each other and continue to believe in each other every day. We are going to win. That's just all there is to it. If you can just take away anything from the show and from Lori's interview, is to have that kind of confidence in yourself. If you believe in yourself, there's nothing that you can't do. Well, thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. And thank you, Lori, for being a great guest. I'll have more information about, about Lori on my Facebook page the rest of the day and throughout the week so you can look her up. Uh, but thank you for tuning in this week and tune in again next week for more from Be Fit for Life. Thanks again for tuning us in. 
Please join Chad Austin next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Be Fit for Life on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, have fun, get active, and be fit. Be fit.